Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. Well, this is mind-blowing, yeah? (laughs) Pastor Liz Ackerman. So if there's a testament to the miracle-working power of God, it's right here. (laughs) Annie's shaking her head and saying, "Mm mm-hmm. I was chased through the woods. I was a runner. I ran from all authority. I ran from all love. Um, I'm not gonna take too much time because I'm really excited for the word that Jason's gonna bring. Um, But I did wanna talk just a minute about growing up at New Covenant. And as I was worshiping, the Lord just began to give me this picture of, of family. So the church that you go to, it matters. It can't just be a matter of it's convenient, a matter of I like the way the pastor dresses, or the pastor's like really cute and has a beard that's just amazing. Like you can't go to a church, you can't pick a church based on trivial things. Because when you decide to become an active member of a church, you are partnering with them, you are choosing them as your family. And if you're really being led by the Lord, if you're really walking with him, if you're really allowing him to guide your steps, then he is placing you in a family. And as I was worshiping, the Lord just gave me this picture of an incubator. Mm. A family is an incubator. And when a family walks with Jesus, that incubator grows seeds of love. Mm. Um, When families are lost, we see, you can just look out in the world and you can see what's growing. You can see what they're bound with, Mm. the hurt. But when Jesus comes in, it's not like magic. I tell my congregation that all the time. Jesus isn't magic. He works with time Mm. and relationship, commitment and submission. It's better to know, this is my thing, right? It's better better to only know one verse of the Bible and apply it and live it than to know the whole thing front and back and not apply it at all. And so we grew up, we grew up at NC4. And this place was an incubator for freedom in the spirit. And though I ran through the woods, and that's probably, that's one of the more tame stories that (laughs) could be told. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not joking. Um, Though I was a runner, I was never disqualified from coming to the altar. I never felt disqualified from coming into the presence of God. I never felt disqualified from developing the gifts that he had put in me. I was never disqualified here. And this is a good family. We are a testament to the love that was poured into us from our parents, the prayers, the prayers of our parents, um, which were like double time in those teenage years. Uh, But we're a product of NC4. We're a product of a, a leadership that is committed to being submitted. That's what I saw. That's what I learned. I learned how not to be afraid of authority. And then when I stepped into a new family, gosh, I got a husband who made just the most beautiful incubator where I could be safe. And there, suddenly there was no one to fight anymore. I didn't have to fight authority anymore because it was lovely. And I grew and God just did this amazing work. And as we were worshiping, I was just like, God, what is man that you are mindful of, of them, of him? Who am I? And if anything, now I stand up and in this house in particular can just be a testament to the glory of God. 
I mean, the glory of God. Because I'm still me. I'm still Liz. I still say things I shouldn't say. I still do things sometimes I shouldn't do. But ooh, when I, when I step and I walk with him, he creates in me and brings forth through the power of his spirit words that bring freedom. And I see people getting free and then partnering with him. And all striving falls away. All that past and all that history falls away. And you walk in newness of life with him. So growing up at NC4 was everything. It was everything. I thank God every day for the leadership, for the, for the humility and actually the, the sense of humor. Like, gosh, everything always felt so serious growing up. But Grubby never felt serious. <laughs> he never took himself so serious. It wasn't the end of the world that I ran through the woods. It's like it, it didn't, it wasn't the end of the world. And so as we raise our kids... Gosh, there's so much that I learned from these two, and there's so much good that I learned from my parents, and there's so much, so much love that the Ackermans poured into this man that God has just been able to use so that as we raise our kids, our eight kids, they're just a blessing to us. We're real with them. We, we have an incubator for love, not perfection. We're not growing perfect people at our house. <laughs> because I would have to leave. Um, <laughs> but we make space. There's space for tears. There's space for imperfection. We incubate love, and we learn that here. So I just am honored and thankful for NC4. Um, this is good ground. This is good ground to, um, to commit to. This is good ground to be. If, I mean, if you're in this family, you are safe. Oh, and I love feeling safe. So that's what I have to share. I looked at my notes as to what I was going to say about growing up at NC4, and you basically literally said everything. And this is what happens every week in Erie, is the Holy Spirit really just works between the two of us, and things that she says, I'm just like, mm-hmm, that's right, Lord wanted to say that, and I'll say things and show, I mean, we've got things where, okay, I'm going to open up the story here. At one point in the morning before church, the Lord told me that we were going to tell somebody that somebody was going to tell somebody that they were going to get pregnant. The Lord spoke this to me in the morning while I was getting ready for church. I said, mm -mm, Lord, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to tell anybody that. So we go to church. I forget totally about it. Don't even remember at all. After church, we're driving home, and Liz goes, hey, hon, just so you know, after church, the Lord really just spoke to me to go tell uh, Carly Johnson that they're going to have a baby. And I was just like, wait, what? Did this really just happen? And so that's how the Holy Spirit works, amen? When we're in unity, the Lord just works through that. So I was going to talk about NC4 was not about an event. It wasn't about a program. It was about a culture and a community. And I love that NC4 community is part of the core fabric of the being. And whether it was at Kurt's Training Center or the YWCA, I think, was it the YWCA? Or Linden Street, which is my most of my memories were from or here, which the last memory was in 1999, Liz and I getting married, <laughs> right here at this altar. Um, it's just been a huge blessing to us. So thank you for having us. It's been an honor. Thank you for pouring into us. And I know it's not, it's not uh, you, I don't take it lightly that you've asked me to come uh, this morning. So thank you. So appreciate it. So let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this morning. Father, I thank you for the freedom that is here 
Father, I thank you that you are pouring out more and more and more and more. Father, I just thank you for your love, for your goodness, for your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, I just pray that as I speak this morning that the Holy Spirit will speak through me, that this is your message for this church, for this time, for this Sunday morning, for those who are watching online and those who are here. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. And I know that I think they'll have the scriptures up behind me. And as I was praying about what the message should be, I really felt, I know you guys are doing the Growing Young uh, series, which I absolutely love. I was listening to Pastor Ian's message from a couple weeks ago, which I thought was fantastic on consumerism and the challenges that it brings to our entire society, including the church. But this morning, I want to do a title of the message is called Not Normal. Not Normal, Living an Extraordinary Life. Not Normal, Living an Extraordinary Life. And I'll have my fancy three points, and you can write them down. And they all start with R, so you can maybe remember them at some point in time. But I want to talk briefly. I want to open up with this, is what does it mean to be not normal? And I think to define that, we have to just first define what is normal. What is normal? So I, did, I looked up some statistics. One of the things that's normal is that we will look at our phone, we'll pick our phone up to look at it, 262 times a day. Which means since we started talking, some of you probably have looked at your phone at least once or two times. Okay, this is, this is normal. The amount of TV that is watched on a daily basis for the average American is four hours. Four hours of TV. But I think what's more important, that being not normal, or being normal in this world is someone who is, lives by and is driven by fear, by money, by fame, by all the things that the world has to offer. But I want to tell you this morning, I think the message here being not normal means this. I want to live a life of purpose, of significance, of miracle-working power. I want to live a life that's not of the world, but that we can influence in the world. I want to live a life that requires him every single day. I want to live a life where I can hear his voice, and I want to live a life that's fully dependent on him. De fully dependent on him. That's not normal. And I want to talk about that this morning because I I'm tired of being normal. Is anybody else tired of being normal? I want to be so different than this world that somebody says, what's the matter with you? Yeah? I want the what's the matter with you conversations in the hallway, at school, in our workplace. And I'll say, Jesus. <laughs> There's nothing the matter with me, but it's because of Jesus. I want to live a life that is so fully dependent upon him. Now, let me tell you something. There's a warning that goes along with this message. That doesn't mean that when we live our lives fully dependent on Jesus, that everything is easy. Oh, he said it. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, that you get to live a life full of blessing, no problems, no challenges. We just get to walk through life. You know what? I made Jesus my Lord and Savior, and everything just is smooth sailing. How many know that that's not the truth? Yeah? We live in a world, there's sin in the world. This is a difficult time that we live in. But I want to live as an example to my children. I want to live an example of what it means to be not normal, to live a life that is extraordinary. Now, I'm going to give you a little disclaimer this morning. 
that at the end of this message, not all of you are supposed to have eight kids. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Now, some of you may feel like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to have more. I looked at the statistics, the demographics. We're working on it. <laughs> like, we're working on it, right? I mean, we're having it's eight kids. I mean, we're working this organic growth. You also, not everyone's going to end this message and say, oh, you know what I mean? I think I'm called to be in the five-fold ministry. But this message is for everybody, for young, for old, for newly saved, for being mature and walking with the Lord for many years. Because this message is an encouragement to live your story. Because your story is not normal. You have to be able to embrace and live your story because normal means it's the same as a lot of other people, but each of us has a unique story that God is calling us to live. So our unique journey on hearing from God and living a not normal life started many years ago, and I was in a church service much like this one here, but we were in Erie, Pennsylvania. We had gotten planted at Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We had been there, I don't know, maybe it was about 10 years. And there was a guest speaker, ah, much like today. Now, we don't really feel like a guest speaker because this is like, you know, our other home, our other family, and that's okay. We were in a church service, and there was a guest speaker. And I was sitting like in the middle of the church service, like, I don't know, somewhere maybe, I don't know, right around there. And there was a guy who was preaching, and I can tell you what, I remember absolutely nothing of what he said. So this is encouraging for me as a guest speaker, that there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to remember anything that I say. However, the Holy Spirit was working. The Holy Spirit was working through the message, and it was nothing that the guest preacher was saying, but I heard in the inside, on in an inner voice, that said this. Now, at the time I was working at GE, I was an engineer by background. I absolutely loved my job. I mean loved my job. I loved the people that I worked for. I loved the people that worked for me. I was moving up in management. I was in an executive position. Like, I was so pumped. Like, I love my job. I mean, not a lot of people, that's not normal. Yeah? <laughs> that's actually not normal. It was just like, oh my gosh, I love my job. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, I want you to leave GE. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I did not hear that. And so he went on and talked a little bit further, and it was, no, I want you to leave GE and go help at the church whether they pay you or not. It's like, wait, what? This is ridiculous. Like, this is not what's actually happening in this show. I don't, this guy is, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what I ate this morning, right? You start thinking about maybe I ate something that was off this morning or whatever it was. And so Liz is in the back of the church. She's holding baby number four. It was Eva, okay? And she's doing, you know, the mom rock in the back of the service, right? Got to listen to guests preach and do the mom rock to keep the baby okay and not to cry. And I walk back to the back of the service and I say, hey, babe. She goes, mm, I know. What do you mean you know? It's like, mm, I know. It's like, you don't, you don't know. I'm I just, how do you know? No, 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 you don't know. She's like, yeah, we're supposed to leave GE. I'm like, holy spirit, what is going on in this church service? And so it was this confirmation immediately. And that set us off on a journey of the importance of hearing from God, getting confirmation of his word, and then walking in obedience to what he has to go say. Amen? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So I have scripture here. I know I told you to open up to Acts, but I want to read out of John 16 just real quick. You don't have to turn there. It probably will be up on the screen because... You know, today we live in a world where we have to hear God's voice. 
We live in a time where we have to be able to discern where we should do, where we should go, how we should. I just, we have to understand all of it. The importance of hearing God's voice. And we have the Bible. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for the word of God. Because you know what, church? Many times the Lord speaks. Most of the time he speaks through his word. Right? It's right here. He, these are his words. They're right here. But there are times in our life when we have to say, do I get a dog or not? Ecclesiastes, oh, maybe here. Oh, you know, like let's start with Lamentations, you know. Like we can go look for the scripture, but it doesn't say anywhere specifically whether or not the Ackerman family should get a dog. And so we have to be able to discern and to hear and to pray and say, Lord, I need direction on this. Lord, I need to hear from you. Lord, I need to understand you more in this situation. Lead me and guide me in this. Here's what it says in John 16, verses. Nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking to disciples. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's to our advantage that he went away, that he's in heaven. Why? For if I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Church, we've got a helper on our side. We've got a helper who is with us, who can lead us, who can guide us, but we have to listen to that voice. We have to listen and understand how to hear from him. A little further down, it says in verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come, guide you, tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take care of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. How many want this in our lives? Church, this is not normal living. This is, we have to get a grasp on this so we can live a life that is not normal. That says, why on earth are you, why do you have eight kids? Because God said to do it. Like no other reason, like I'm not counseling people to go have eight kids. Like that's like, no. What does the Lord want you to go to, right? This is how we, this is how I see this. So Acts chapter nine. And how I want to do this is I'm just going to read a little bit of this passage. We're going to start in verse 10. I'm going to go down through 19, and then I'm going to stop periodically and give you my three points, which all start with an R, if you remember that from earlier, okay? It says this in verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple. There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Look at that. Here I am, Lord. He was a disciple, and as soon as he heard the voice, he said, here I am, Lord. Immediately, he knew the voice of God. And so many times in our life, when we hear something, we think something, we're asking, is that the Lord or not? Is that the Lord or not? This was a disciple who immediately knew. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So the first step to living a life that is not normal is to remove interference. Church, we have to remove the interference in our lives, blocking us from hearing what the Lord is saying to us. 
We have to remove the interference. And I got a story for you, so you guys will remember this. Okay, I'm a, God bless, I love my dad, huge Penn State fan. God, he's, he's celebrating in heaven this morning. I know he's smiling and having a wonderful time. But he taught me to be a Penn State fan, okay? Like, he taught that to me. And this was like a real thing in our house. Like, we watched every Penn State game. We went to Penn State games. This was about 10 years ago or so. We had the Penn State game on TV. Does anybody know what rabbit ears are? Okay. All right. So I had rabbit ears. We didn't have cable, didn't have satellite. I wasn't streaming anything. I don't even know if we knew what streaming was, but I had the old rabbit ears so that I could get the game, right? It was on the local ABC channel, and I had this antenna, and these, you know, like, you know the things that go up like this so you can get the better signal. I tell you what, the game would not come in clearly. There was interference in the game. And I couldn't see what was happening during the game. And I kid you not, my kids would laugh at me. The best place for the antenna was like right over here. But the TV was back over here. And so I literally would watch the game. I would hold the antenna up and I would step back like this. And I would look and be like, hey, tell me what's happening. What's happening on the TV? And it was like, it was so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. And we have to understand that in our lives, when there's interference, when we're not hearing from God in our day-to-day -day walk with the Lord, it actually is uncomfortable because the signals are crossed. We're not sure what we're hearing. We're not getting a clear signal from God. And if you look at Ananias here, it said he was a disciple. And as soon as he heard the Lord talk to him, he says, here I am, Lord. You have to understand that Ananias was a disciple. I think Pastor Ian talked about it a couple weeks ago. What is a disciple? It's someone who is in apprenticeship with someone else. We have to be in an apprenticeship with Jesus, walking day by day. Well, how do we do that? What does that even look like? Well, the first thing we got to do is accept Jesus into our life. The only way you can begin to do this is to accept Jesus as your Savior, but also as your Lord. And I think too often, even in my own life, we stop at the Savior, and they're just like, yeah, but I don't know if I want you to be Lord over every area of my life. Because it's challenging, and he challenges us, and he pushes us to really make changes in our life. So the first step at doing this is removing this interference, is we have to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. The second thing we got to do in order to remove this interference is evaluate your time. 262 times we're looking at our phone. Most likely, we're not going to the Bible app every time we swipe up, yeah? yeah? Four hours of TV. Now, maybe you're watching, you know, archived NC4 sermons uh, for those four hours, but I'm not, right? I mean, that's not what I've been doing, right? I stream, we can stream anything any, anywhere on any device, right? But they, we have to evaluate where is our time? Is our time here? Is our time in the Word? Because this time in the word is what removes the interference. Because when you begin to listen to his word and read his word, you begin to hear his word. And so when you have the Holy Spirit speak to you, you'd be like, mm-hmm, that's right. Got it. That lines up with the word of God. I know exactly what he's saying to me. I know that's from the Lord. We have to remove that interference from our life. I call this, somebody said this, I can't coin this, but find your chair. You want to remove some interference? Find your chair. Find your place in the morning or in the evening, or maybe it's your bed or wherever, to spend that time with the Lord in communion with him. 
Find your chair. I don't know where it is. That's up for you to decide. But find it. And if you don't have the chair, I would make it a point leaving here to go find the chair. Where is it that you spend your time with the Lord? The Bible says to be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Swiping, watching, running, busy. That's not being still. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 verse 20, it says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. It says that she raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the, in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. This tells me that wisdom is actually yelling at us. The Holy Spirit is saying, listen to me. I can tell you this. I want to minister to you that. I want to have healing in your life here. But if we can't hear it, it's just a noisy intersection. It's crying out at the intersection. You know how many, inter right? MacArthur Road, is that still like the busiest road in the Lehigh Valley? I don't know, right? All the busyness of all the stores, the intersection. It's the Bible saying that wisdom is actually calling. It's yelling. It's screaming at the corner, which means this should be available for us to hear, and it is. And so we have to remove this interference. You say, but Pastor Jason, I've got small children. There is no chair. I know. I get it. The Bible says pray continuously, and that's a strategy. In different seasons of life, that's, a, that's an okay strategy. You can put scriptures on, you can put worship music on, and you can feed the baby and change the diaper and run the kids to school. This doesn't mean I got to sit in my chair for four hours every day. There's strategies depending on your season of life that changes. It's okay. You can do it. Remove the interference. You know, the example of this is if Liz calls me on the phone. Now, of course, we all have got caller ID, right, so I know it's her. So this maybe is a bad example. But if I just heard her voice, I would know it. And do you know God's voice on the inside when you hear it? Each of us have to learn and understand how to do that. And it's a journey, I get it. I told you, we've been do we did that years and years ago, and it's been a journey ever since. Back to Acts chapter 9, verse 13. It says, And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here as the authority of the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear the name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things that he must suffer for my name's sake. The second point of this is we need to receive confirmation. When we hear from God, when the signal is clear, when the interference is removed and we're working through, we need to receive confirmation. And in this case, Ananias asked for confirmation from the Lord. I always laugh at this story here. Like, I can imagine this conversation with his wife. He'd be like, hey, babe. Yeah, God just spoke to me to go pray for that guy, Saul, who, like, you know, destroys Christians. Uh, you okay with that? Right? There are some big things in our life that God tells us to go do. We need some confirmation in our life. And Ananias went right back, and he looked for con confirmation back from the Lord. He asked him the question. He said, Lord, hey, let's have a conversation. And he said, Lord, I've heard many things. And he began to talk with the Lord. This is a relationship. This is a back and forth. And then the Lord continued to confirm his word to him. He said, but no, go. Go do this. 
So here's some questions you can ask yourself. They're not on the overheads. But in order to receive confirmation, you can ask yourself a few questions. You feel some, that inner voice on the inside. Most of the time, God speaks. It's not audible. Like I said, he usually speaks through his word. But maybe there's this inner calling on the Holy Spirit. How do I know that's from him? The first question you say, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? Because if you think you heard something from the Lord and it doesn't line up in the Bible, you didn't hear from the Lord. And all the pastors said, amen, right? Because it's like we're shepherding this. They're like, wait a second. No, that, that, no. No, that wasn't right. You didn't hear from the Lord because that goes against the Bible. So the first thing we have to do is understand, does it line up with the Bible? Do you have confirmation from trusted loved ones? Right, you remember the story that I gave. Like, God gave the confirmation to Liz about leaving GE before I even got back there to even talk to her about it. Sometimes God uses, he, we, we need this confirmation in our lives. Who do you have as someone who is trusted in your life? Another question we have to ask to receive this confirmation is, do you have peace? Do you have peace? Now, I'm not talking about like, oh, this is going to be easy kind of peace. I'm talking about the peace on the inside that passes understanding. It says, Lord, I should be nervous about this, but I'm sensing that this actually is, Lord, the direction in which you're moving. Have eight kids. Oh, oh, oh. I need some confirmation. Yeah? Then the other thing you can really ask yourself is, what is the language of the thing that you're hearing? Because what I've learned in reading in the Bible is God doesn't use fear to motivate you. Come on, church. He doesn't use fear to motivate you. If you hear something that goes along like this, well, you better not put your kid into that school because what will happen to your child in that school is they are going to get ridiculed. They're going to get beaten up. They're going to walk away from the Lord. They're going to do all these things. And be like, you're not hearing from God. That's not how God speaks to us. He doesn't use fear to motivate you. He doesn't use fear to motivate you. He uses love. He uses encouragement. He wants us to live a life that's not normal, not fear with the world. He wants us to live a life fully trusting and dependent on him. Verse 17. So remove the interference, receive confirmation. And here's a tough one. We all like stop here. I'm just like, oh. And Ananias went. He went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, he has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. To live a life that is not normal, to live an extraordinary life, we have to have radical obedience. It's like, oh, he said it. Radical obedience. Radical is, is thorough, is far-reaching, is extreme. It means that when you hear from the Lord and you get that confirmation, he's saying, yes, go do it. Walk in radical obedience to his word and what he is saying. I think so many of us, I'm going to, you guys still do uh, grubby, handy-dandy definitions? Yeah. yeah? You guys still do? Oh, man, I love it. I remember those. I don't remember any of the definitions. I just remember that you did. <laughs> guys, it's been like 20 years since I've been here. I, mean, I don't remember. 
But yeah, I'm sure all of you guys could quote all of Grubby's handy-dandy definitions. Here's something that I want to say, and I, I think we struggle with this, is wisdom a lot of times is just worry clothed in different clothes. Yeah? So look, there's nothing wrong with wisdom. There's nothing wrong with saying, look, Proverbs is full of wisdom. The Bible is full of wisdom. But I think what happens, what we do, is we actually use the word wisdom when we're actually walking in worry. Yeah? We start walking in this thing that, you know what, I, I don't know about this, or I'm worried about this, or I'm thinking about this, and we call it wisdom. And the Lord's saying, no, it's okay. I'm asking you to go do this. I've spoken to you. You've received confirmation. Now go obey and walk in this way that I've called you to. And that's not normal. But that's the kind of life that I want to live. You look at this story in Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to close here in just a minute. This is Peter walking on water. And it mirrors this story that we just looked at in a very similar way. So what happens before verse 28 is they see Jesus walking. They're getting in fear, like, is this a ghost? What's happening? Jesus says, take courage. Don't fear. It is I. And verse 28 says, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He throws it back at Jesus. says, look, if this is you, if this is your word, come on. I'm going to go walk on water. And what happens? He says, Jesus says, come, come. And then Peter had come down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, look at this, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And he said to him, oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith, this guy get out of the boat. And this is the guy that has little faith. It doesn't say anything about anyone else getting out of the boat. In fact, only in one of the Gospels does it really describe about Peter getting out of the boat. But think about that. What happened? There was miracle working power when Jesus had a word for you and had a word for Peter and said, come. Now, he didn't tell me to go walk on water. He didn't tell any of you to go walk on water. So if you would go out and try, come up to Erie, you can come up to Erie and go to the lake and try to walk on the water. You're not going to be able to do it. He didn't call you to walk on the water. He called Peter to get out of the boat and to walk on the water. That was Peter's word for that time, for that season. And I ask you this morning, what is the word God has for you in this season? What is the word? It doesn't matter if, if you're mature, if you're young, if you've got kids, if you don't, if you're grandparents. This word applies a not normal life doesn't mean you have to get up here and have eight kids and preach the gospel. He has you in a place, in a location, in a school, in a community, in a family. And he wants to speak to you. He wants you to remove the interference. He wants you to understand and get the confirmation. And he wants you to be in radical obedience to his word. So the results are this. Acts chapter 9, back to Acts chapter 9, 18. It says this, the results, immediately, Ananias is praying, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. And so when he had received food, he was strengthened, and Saul spent some days with the disciples at, at Damascus. Radical obedience, hearing from God, 
removing those interferences. And the radical obedience led to a miracle working power. You understand? You see that. There's a miracle on the other side. Some of you, it's a miracle that you're sitting in here today. And that is not normal because no one in your family ever sat in church, but you're sitting in church on a Sunday morning. So don't walk out of here saying, well, you know, I can't do all those things. You can do those things. Not normal is maybe because you're sitting right here. Maybe you're raising as a single mom a child that's difficult and challenging. That's living a life hearing from God, and you can walk through that life being not normal. You say, but Pastor Jason, I've never heard from God yet. Here's what the Bible says. Don't give up. It says in Hebrews 11, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Keep seeking him. Keep seeking him. Keep pressing in. Keep reading the word. Keep worshiping. Keep praying. Keep going. Keep going. And the Lord will continue to work on your behalf. He loves you. This is what the whole service was about. He loves you. He knows the numbers on your head. He loves you. He cares for you. The other piece of advice I'd have to tell you, you say, well, you know, Pastor Jason, God used to speak to me, but I don't hear him anymore. My advice to this is, what was the last thing he told you to go do, and did you do it? Yeah. Because sometimes he's waiting for the radical obedience that he's already asked you to go do, and you might be sitting here this morning going, oh, that's me. There is something the Lord's been challenging with, asking me to go do, to go forgive someone. I'm not just talking about career changes here. Look, tomorrow morning, the NC4 offices should not be flooded with career changes. Pastor Jack, I'm called to the ministry. Pastor Jason told me yesterday, no, I didn't say that. We have to hear from God. Each of us has a calling on our life on what he has for us to live a life that's not normal. So as I said, it's never too early. It's never too late. Whether you're retired whether you're young, whether you're older, the time is now. The time is now to live a life hearing from God, of removing the interference, getting the confirmation, and radically obeying his word and what he is speaking to you. Amen? Amen. It occurs to me, the word that Jason gave us where he said, you know, it's one thing to invite Jesus into your heart as your savior, but when Jesus wants the lordship, that's another dimension, isn't it? So I want to say to anyone online or anyone who's here, if you've invited Jesus into your heart as your savior, but nothing kind of felt like it happened, we can address that right now, this morning. But more than that, if we've invited him into our heart as our savior, it also means that by implication, he's going to be our Lord, our God, and our King. I want us to expand that as we pray this prayer this morning. So if that's you, if you've never really made that commitment to have him enter into your life, into your heart, so that you can have the kind of violent hope that Jason just unfolded to us, I'm going to ask you, whether you're online or here, if you just pray this prayer with me. We'll do it again. We'll just kind of do it as a repetition before we close. So if you all bow your heads, and if you're watching online, just lean forward into 
this prayer and repeat after me a few words that could change your life forever. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done in my life that are wrong. Will you forgive me? I now turn from anything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. I receive you into my life now as my Savior, but as my God, as my Lord, and as my King. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, now. Amen. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.